the day. We appreciate that. Welcome to JFC. How are you to do it today? Have a day. Get that out. Uh, my brain doesn't work because my back quit working yesterday. Anybody can identify with that? I'm telling you, people are walking in the church like, we're going to have a healing line. Little, no. Great to have you here on this beautiful, snowy, Colorado, sunny morning. It's awesome that you're here. If you're a guest, please come by our Welcome Center. We'd love to meet you. We have a gift for you, and uh, you don't have to stand in the coffee bar line. We have a uh, fast line to the uh, coffee baristas there, so please come and see us. We'd love to meet you. Hey, uh, somebody told me there's a game today. I, International Tiddlywinks Championship. Have you heard about it? It's really amazing. Hey, just curious, how many of your giant fans... No, 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 we don't want a hands. We want to hear it. Giant fans. Okay, this is an unofficial test. How many of you uh, New England Patriot fans? Okay, how many just don't care? <laughs> All right. It's like if Tebow ain't there, I don't care, you know? Anyway, I love it. Well, hey, uh, I say that because uh, you may not, uh, you may be passionate about a game. And, and a team, you may not, but what we're doing today is having a big Super Bowl party today at Ford. Love to invite all of you, bring some uh, appetizers to share, but it's a great chance to meet people. Uh, the Lone Tree Campus, uh, our, our other campuses do a fantastic job of creating connection and community, but uh, we don't do as many of those things, but we're excited about this today. So we have, we're going to have a huge screen. It's going to be about uh, 15 feet. Any of you have a 15-foot TV in your house? Okay, then come. It's going to be here. It's going to be great. So we're, we're glad that you are a part of that. I uh, want to say that we want you to continue to consider uh, praying for what your part in, in in our Lakewood campus. Uh, Pastor Evan is here. Evan, just stand up a second so everybody can know who you are. This is Pastor Evan, our Lakewood. Let's give him a hand. He has been working tirelessly at getting Lakewood launched. Every week we're progressing. We'll give you an update on that uh, in the next week. But uh, we just know that is our next JFC project, so we want you to consider what your role will be in that. If you're in the Lakewood or West area, we'd like you to talk with Evan and maybe consider being a part of uh, that happening. But we as a whole church, JFC, can be a part of that financially. Continue to pray and ask God what your role in that. So we don't pass a plate here. We have our offering boxes on the wall. But we do take a moment in our service to really honor God. How many know that your giving is truly an act of worship? How many know that? When you write a check, if you just drop it in there like, oh, hum, You've missed really a great opportunity. I was reading on Friday in Scripture where Mary, a woman of ill repute, brought to Jesus and poured expensive perfume. And it was an act of worship. It was a very sacrificial act. Judas, listen to this, Judas was angry because he said, he said, we don't know his heart, but he said, this money could have been sold and used to give to the poor. Jesus, not uncaring for the poor, just really said, this really represented an act of love. And for this time, this is very important. Let your giving be an act of love. Understand the value of that as you worship God. It isn't just about money and checks and bills. It is about you honoring God. So consider your giving today as you do that. But let's honor him with a prayer of thanksgiving. Our Father, we thank you today. Truly work through our hearts to help us to understand that it is our love for you that motivates us to be a part of giving to the work of God. We thank you for the privilege to serve you. We thank you for God's blessing on our life, and we give you the glory this day. And everyone said, amen. Okay, let's take a look now. Is one better? Um. Or is two better?
two for sure. Okay, great. Let's take another look. Is one better? Um, or two? Two. Hi everyone, it's Pastor John. Hope you're having a great day. Chris and I are on our sabbatical. Please be praying for us as we seek to put God first in our lives and seek to see Him as the ultimate number one above everything else. In the meantime, here's what's happening for you today. Pastor Dan DeMay is gonna be teaching. He's got a message called Examined Works in the Eye Exam series. I think you're gonna enjoy it. Get ready. All right, you ready? All right. Hey, I'm super excited about being here. It is always an honor and privilege to, to be here on Sunday morning. I don't get to, to see a lot of you, uh, being that I'm over at Highlands Ranch a lot of the times. And as Pastor John said, I'm Dan DeMay, not Dan the man. I know it sounds kind of Dan DeMan. I, no, Dan DeMay. DeMay, okay? Just making sure... I, Never mind. Okay, uh, but it's good to have uh, everybody here, and for those that are listening via live stream, we are glad that you are listening as well. I know that God will touch your heart right there where you are listening from. Hey, um, real quick, before I jump into this, uh, I want to just open up, like I always do, with a word of prayer, and as I pray, um, I know I say this every time, but I want to just remind you, um, you have a responsibility in this as well. Um, you can be here just for another speech. Or you can be here and invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and into your mind and ask him to actually come in and change your heart. I hope that you came here because you want to leave here differently. And so I just, as I'm praying, would you invite Jesus into your heart and into your life and ask him to kind of uh, maybe rock your world a little bit, shift your paradigm uh, the way you're thinking. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, Jesus, it is such an honor to uh, stand before your people and to give your word. And Lord, I pray, that, I pray that you would use me this morning to speak to uh, every ear that is listening right now. And Lord, I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase and that every word, God, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth would be led by you. Lord, I don't want anything that is of the flesh. I don't want anything that would be of me to even make it out of my mouth. And Lord, those words that come out of my mouth, I pray that you would use them to come in and penetrate every heart and every mind that is hearing this message right now. And Lord, I pray that you would impact their lives with your spiritual truth, God. God, we're not here just to hear another message. We're here to be changed. We're here because you have a purpose and a plan for every single one of us. There is not... Uh, there's not anyone here by accident, Lord. You have everyone listening to this message right now for a reason. And Lord, I pray that you would reveal that reason and you would give us that understanding individually. God, you are such an amazing God. I can't believe that you can speak to hundreds of people at the same time, but you can do it because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, we give you all glory, honor, and praise in here, and we ask that you would move in this place. We give you this time, and if that's your prayer, say amen. 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 Well, um, this is the second to the last message in the eye exam series, uh, and as I started, I am super excited about this one. When we were putting this, this whole concept together of eye exam, uh, taking a look with inside of who you are in regards to your spiritual growth, um, 
this one about examined fruit or examined works just jumped out at me. And I was like, I want that one. Let me teach that one. And they were like, okay, great. Go ahead and do it. Um, and so uh, I, really, I really am super excited to be... Um, I'm super excited about actually where I'm going to go. But before I even get there, I have to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I put in your notes there, and you'll see, um, we first need to talk about salvation before I can even move in into what I'm really super excited about for this morning. And I put in your notes there, um, in regards to examined fruit, we need to take a look at the fruit of our salvation. Uh, Matthew 7, these are Jesus' words. Jesus was speaking. It wasn't, um, you know, one of the authors of the New Testament. This is actually words that Jesus Christ spoke while he walked and talked on this planet. And this is what he says. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, I'm going to stop right there. It says, many will say to me. It doesn't say a few. It doesn't say a couple or several. It actually says many. Many people will say to Jesus on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now, when we go into this message in examining your fruit or examining your works, I I need you to understand that every single one of us are going to have to give an account to Jesus for how we lived our lives. And the Bible actually says that we have to give two forms of accountability. We're going to stand before Jesus for two things. The first one is, is what did we do with his son, Jesus Christ? We're going to have to stand before the Lord, and he's going to say, look, I was the intricate God of your life. I created the heavens and the earth. I created the mountains and the flowers, and I created human beings. Think about how intricately created every single one of us are. And that every I mean, just think of all the different cells and all the different things just for me to walk back and forth on this platform. Think about how intricate that is. And if we have an intricate God that would create all of this, how many of you know that he would also have a very planned and detailed path to walk and understand relationship with him? See, there's this common thinking in the world today that says this. And I'll give you an example so you'll understand it better. If you go up to somebody in the world and say, if you were to die today, where would you go, heaven or hell? The most common response you will get is heaven. If you follow that up with the second question and say, why are you going to go to heaven? The most common response to that question is this, because I'm a good person. And I try to live my life in a good way. I give to charities, and I try to treat my neighbors right, and I try to do good. Now, I want you to realize that out of that scripture, Jesus Christ himself said that people are going to come up to him and say, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Okay, I understand you may be good, but when's the last time you casted a demon out of somebody? says, did we not do works of miracles? These are good things, church. 
These are good things. And Jesus said, away from me, I did not know you. There are people listening to me right now that think they're going to get to go to heaven because of the good works they have done. Now, just an interesting thought on this as I was thinking about it. How come when somebody says, I get to go to heaven because I'm, I'm a good person, they're always above the average line? I've never heard anybody go, well, I think I, I might get to go to heaven because I try to do a lot of good things, but I may be right below the average line. Where is the line? See, church, the truth is there's not a single person on this planet that's good enough to get to heaven. Because heaven is not based on our merit and on our, our acts and our fruits and our works. It's solely based on the grace of Jesus Christ. The word of God says this in Ephesians. It's in your notes. It says we are saved by grace and grace alone and not by works so that no man can boast. It's solely on the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you are listening to me right now and you think that you're going to get to go to heaven because of the works that you've done, I'm sorry, but you are solely mistaken. And you're going to stand before the Lord one day and he's going to say, what did you do with my son Jesus Christ? And you do realize he, he's a historical figure. He's not a figure of mythology. He actually walked and talked on this planet. He said he was the only way to the Father. So he's either Lord, liar, or lunatic. You have to wrestle with that. I believe he is Lord, and he is who he said he is. And if that's the case, he is the only way to the Father. And he himself said, many will come to me thinking they're saved. And I'm going to say, I didn't know you. Church, listen. There are people that just because they've come to church for two years, five years, ten years, think that they're going to have a place in heaven. Church does not make you a Christian just like sitting in a car or in a garage makes you a car. You have to have that walking, talking relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you're saved. He didn't make it difficult. He made it very simple. Acknowledge Jesus Christ in your life and you will be saved and you will enter into that walking, talking relationship. Church, this is so important. You're gonna stand before the Lord and he's gonna say, what did you do with my son? And based on your answer, your eternal destiny is based on that. I put in your notes and there's a fill in the blank there. It says this, your Eternal destination is not based on how good you are. Your eternal destination is not based on how good you are. Okay, now, I, now that we have that and we're all on the same page, now I get to go into the stuff I'm really excited about. Can't you wait? All right, here we go. The second thing I want to bring up is this. Um, we are going to stand account then again before the Lord uh, for our fruit um, and for our works, and I want to talk to you about the works and the fruit that uh, is, going to, is going to be rewarded. It actually says several times in the New Testament that we are going to be rewarded for what we do. Well, wait a second, Pastor Dan. Didn't you just say that we are saved by grace and grace alone and it's not by works? Do you know what the very next verse is on that? It says, so that we can accomplish the works that we were created to do. 
It's a very interesting scripture there. It says, uh, not saved by grace, or saved by grace, not by works, so that we can go do works. And there's several scriptures that say when we do those works, we actually get rewarded. Listen to Revelations 22. It says, behold, these, are, these again are the words of Jesus. Okay? Not, a, not another author. It's these are the words of Christ. He says this, behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give everyone. Okay, real quick. How many of you in this room this morning make up the word everyone? Okay, most of us. What? Let me try that again. How many in this room make up everyone? Okay, online people listening right now. In, in your living room, raise your hand because you're part of that too. Okay, everyone. That's all of us. And Jesus says, I will give to everyone according to what he has done. According to what he has done. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation, okay, we're talking about people who have asked Jesus into their heart, okay? If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality The fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. Again, the concept that we're going to be rewarded for our works. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved. Again, he's already took stood for the first judgment and said, yes, I asked Jesus in my heart. That's what it says right there. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Church, we're going to stand before the Lord again and give an account with what we did with his son. And then after that, we're going to stand before the Lord. And this section of scripture says that everything that we do on this planet is going to be tested by fire. And the things that stand are going to be rewarded. You know, the Bible talks about this concept all over and over. It says, store up treasures in heaven, not here on earth. Well, that's for somebody in here right, right now. Uh, if you're storing up treasures here on earth, you're missing the whole point. God wants us to store up treasures in heaven. But everything that we do is going to be tested by fire. Some will be rewarded and others are going to be burned up. And so I'm reading this. I got to be honest with you. This message has been stirring on my heart probably for the last year and a half because I was reading this about a year and a half ago and I started to wonder, God, what works burn and what works are rewarded? I want to know. Please give me insight and please give me understanding to know because I don't want to do anything in vain. I don't know about you. But I don't want to be working really hard on doing a bunch of good things. You do realize that this section of scripture is talking about the difference between good and God, not good and bad. These people have given their hearts to the Lord. They've asked Jesus into their life and into their hearts. And what he's saying is the people that are trying to do good for God, some works burn, 
and some works are rewarded. This is why it's so important, church, that we examine our spiritual growth and we examine where we are in regards to what we're doing, our fruit and our works. So what makes up the difference? What, what is rewarded and what burns up? You're sitting here, at least I hope, tell me, tell me. All right, so I started studying out. I started going through and asking God, all right, help me, help me understand this. And I, I mean, I really started to just do a, a very intense study. And in the middle of that, I stumble across um, Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's a big word, isn't it? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards. There's that concept again. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, so I started to really focus in then on faith. Because if it's impossible to please God without faith, then everything I do, now get this, listen to me, look at me and hear what I'm saying. Everything that I do, if it's apart from faith, it does not please God. Now this is where I get to go into your living room a little and uh, I hope, you give me permission, raise your hand if I can go into your living room. Okay, it's over half, so I'm doing it. So um, it is impossible to please God without faith. In other words, every good thing that I do, every good thing that I do, if I do it apart from faith, it will burn up. So I started to look into, okay, so what is faith? Just before that, in uh, chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, faith is being sure of what we hope for and being certain of what we don't see. I got to be honest with you. I read that and I'm like, Lord, I'm in trouble. How many of you find it extremely hard to be certain of things you don't see? Do you know in the continental U.S. we actually have one state that their motto is the show me state? Because we live in a society that is so skeptical that we won't move and we won't do anything unless we see it first. And here God is saying, in order to have faith, you have to be certain of what you don't see. And without faith, you can't please me. I'm in trouble. (laughs) Who was about to jump into the second row there? So I started looking into this even more because I realized I struggle being certain of what I don't see. And so, all right, Lord, how do I get faith? So I started to search faith throughout the entire Bible. One, th- one thing that I noticed is that every time faith is mentioned, it is directly correlated to God. Okay? It, it, there's no other correlation. It, it all has to do with God. His faithfulness or, or us being faithful to him. And then I stumble across Romans 10 in which it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And all of a sudden the light bulbs start clicking on. And I hope that it will happen in here for you today. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I started thinking to myself, you know what? Actually, if I hear from God, I know what he's told me, and therefore I can be certain of things I don't see. 
And if I can be certain of what I don't see, then I please God. And if I please God, then the works that I do will be rewarded and not burned up. And so it all comes down, church, to hearing from God. You have to hear from God. But Pastor Dan, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing the very best that I can do, and, and I'm, um, I'm just doing things that I think God wants me to do. I, listen, uh, the executive team got to go to this thing called the Elephant Room about a week, ago, week and a half ago, and um, it's, it's seven prominent church leaders that get together and just have conversations. And the cool thing about it is they are church leaders from big mega churches that have differing, differing views of point, or points of view. And so they get together. They have different denomination backgrounds, different thoughts. And what's really cool about the whole thing is that you find out that they all have a heart and a love for God and for Jesus Christ. But they all have different callings or different um, points to get to Jesus and, and how to bring out the, the good news of, of Jesus Christ. They're all preaching the essentials, but when it comes to the non-essentials, they come at it from different angles. And it was just great to listen to these guys. And in the middle of it, they have this discussion on why pastors burn out. And Wayne Cordero gets up and, and starts talking about this. Now, I don't know if you've heard that name or not. He wrote a book actually called Leading on Empty. And they were actually busting uh, busting his chops a little bit there at the, at the discussion because he is a pastor in Hawaii. And so they kept telling him, how in the world is it that you burn out in Hawaii? How can that happen? And he begins to tell this story. And he says, listen, um, I found myself 45 minutes before I was supposed to speak at this big conference sitting on a, the curb of a road, bawling, my head off because I came to a breaking point. He broke. He broke. And he said, and here's what I began to realize. I got so caught up in doing so many things that I thought Jesus Christ wanted me to do. I got so caught up in all of these good things that I literally burned out. He goes, what happened to me was that I moved outside of the calling of God in my life and I moved into my capability. Church, get this. How many of you are doing things for God out of your strength, out of your understanding, out of your capabilities, and you've moved outside of what God has called you to do? And then he goes on and says this, and I thought this was just so good. He goes, the enemy of your soul doesn't care what side of the boat he gets you out of. He just wants to get you out of it. So whether it's laziness and complacency, or he gets you so busy doing good things that you fall off the side of the boat, he doesn't care which one. And my charge and my challenge to you this morning is will you go to God and get a hold of your purpose, your plan, and your calling and get under that umbrella and stay there and stop presuming what God wants you to do? You know, the, here, mm, here's, here's what it's like. We try to work for God when God wants us to work with him. Boy, this is huge. You've got to get this. Because there's not a single one of us that can earn his salvation or her salvation. 
But yet so many people in church try to do good things working for God that they miss what Jesus has for them. God wants you to work with him, not for him. And I know I got you thinking a lot, but every once in a while, if you shout out, yeah, that's good, it encourages me. Okay, good, thanks. We need to change our mentality because everything that you do for God, I'm going to submit to you, burns up. Everything that you do with God, when you team up with God, guess what? Reward. Well, how do I know what God's doing so I can team up with him? You have to hear his voice. Luke 6, 46 says this, and this is again Jesus. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Two things. First, you have to hear him in order to know what to do. You have to hear God in order to know what to do. Second, once you hear him, then you have to move out and do what he says. You have to move out. And, oh, ooh. Church, do you know what? Do you know what I believe religion is? Religion is a group of people that come into a building listening to a man with this mindset. Tell me what to do so I don't have to go seek God. It's much easier to hear from you and what you think God wants me to do than for me to actually go into my prayer closet or into my car on the way to work or in the shower or wherever and press in and ask God what he's doing. And we want some man or woman to actually come into our lives and tell us what to do. Now, God can use that person without a doubt, without a doubt. But if you are resting and waiting for that person to tell you what to do, I promise you everything that you do will burn up. Because you're not going to God. And that's the trap of religion, is us wanting to hear another man tell us what to do. I get it. It's easier that way. I do this. Pastor John, tell me what to do. <laughs> if you'll tell me what to do, I'll be glad to do it. And I love what Pastor John says. Uh, you know what I really want to do? What? Go ask God what he has for you. <laughs> Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. You guys, as I was studying this out and now that I've been seeing it, it is all over scripture. Hear God's voice and put it into practice. Hear God's voice, team up with him and work with him. That's it's what scripture is all about. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a, flood come, when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. Um, church, you know that we are in the end times. Okay? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not going to make any predictions, but I do know this. It is getting more and more chaotic. 
And the truth is, more torrents, more storms, more winds are blowing through. And here is, here is, here's the crying shame. We have a whole bunch of people in church that when the wind comes and when the torrent comes, they are shaken to the core. To the point where they will sometimes even walk away from God. Why? Because they're not actually building on the foundation. Where's your foundation? Are you built on that firm foundation? Are you hearing God's voice? Are you listening to him every single day? Well, Pastor Dan, this is easy for you to say. You're a pastor. You have a special anointing. Stop it! You have the same anointing I do. I'm a man just like you. How about, I'm human just like you. Sorry, that was really loud and aggressive. I don't mean to offend anybody in that. But I hear that. Well, you're a pastor, so therefore you get a special access to God. Church, it's the lie of the enemy. We no longer have to go to the high priest and have him go to the Holy of Holies so that we can hear from the heart of God. If you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it means that you now have direct access to the Holy Spirit, which means you can hear God any minute of any day at any time. It's just you have to tap into that. That's why Jesus said, it's better that I go so that you can receive this counselor. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Listen, I don't, I'm not angry. I want to make sure everybody understands that. I just am passionate about that. You have the same anointing as any other person. You have the same access as any other person. Okay, so you have to hear from God. And so I thought, um, this is what I felt like the Lord told me. Um, Share your experiences where you know that you've heard from God, where that you know that you know that you know you heard from God. You know, I could, I, I could simply say this. You have to hear from God, so therefore, uh, read your Bible, start praying, and those things are all good. But I thought it would be much better, um, led by the Holy Spirit, to actually just share some of my stories. So first, when I say that I hear from God, I want you to know that I do not hear an audible voice. Dad! God can speak that way. He can. I know people that have heard God audibly. He can do that. But most often, it is not through our flesh. We want to hear God through our flesh. In other words, through our senses. Uh, Let me hear you. Let me see you. Let me taste you, touch you, feel you. That's how we want to hear from God. But God does not operate in the flesh. He operates in the spirit, church. And in that, When God speaks to you, more often than not, it's going to sound an awful lot like you. If God sounds like me to you, go get help. (laughs) But he's going to speak to you in the spirit, from inside, from within. And what I mean by that is he is going to speak to you through your thoughts. I tell people all the time, when you go before the Lord and you ask him, for help or, or you need direction or insight, pay very close attention to your very next thought. 
Write it down. Get a journal and write it out. Get in a Word document and type it up. But pay attention to that next thought. And then pay attention to your second thought because what I have found, there's a huge pattern in my life where the second thought will talk myself out of the first thought. Thank you. So when I say, or when somebody gets up in front of you in a small group or, or at church and they say, I heard from God, understand that they're not saying, I heard an audible voice most often, most of the time. What they're saying is, this thought came across my mind. Now let me give you some examples in my life in which I've heard from God. This was an awesome practice. I was, I was asking the Lord, help me to, to really communicate the heart that I have in regards to hearing from God and giving people ideas on how to do this. And, and the Lord said, okay, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down every time in your history that you know that you know that you heard from me. Dude, it was an incredible practice because my faith got built Remember, faith is hearing from God. I remembered these times. And all of a sudden, like a floodgate, all of these different times came up. And see if this doesn't help you to understand how God speaks to us. Because church, God is speaking to us all the time, every single day, in many different ways. Okay, so how about this? Uh, a night in Ephesians. I put that in my notes. A night in Ephesians. I'm reading the Bible. And um, I'll never forget this. I lived out in Roxborough. This was probably eight or nine years ago. I'm laying in bed at night, and I'm doing <clears throat> what so many of us do. I'm reading the Bible in a year. And so, therefore, if you've ever done that, you know you have to read a certain number of chapters per night. Well, I happened to be in this section where I had to read three chapters of Ephesians. And so I start reading chapter 1. And I start going through, and I get to verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be blameless, holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. I keep reading. I read verse 7, 8, 9, and throughout the rest of the chapter. But I find my mind totally hanging out in verses 4, 5, and 6. To the point where I get done with chapter 1, and I realize I haven't retained anything from verse 7 to the end of the chapter. And being as holy and understanding as I am, I totally condemn myself and go, if you were a good Christian, you would totally retain what you're reading. So I beat myself up and I go, okay, I'm going to go back to the first verse and I'm going to read this again. Pay attention, Dan, pay attention. So I start reading from verse one again. I read the entire chapter, finding myself consumed in my brain on verses four, five, and six again. Get done with the whole chapter. You'd think I would get the clue, but I didn't. Get done with it, and I actually ridiculed myself. You idiot! Why can't you get this? And I read chapter 1 a third time. I read through it, still consumed with the thoughts on 4, 5, and 6. And at the final, at the end, I was like, Lord, why can I not get that? And he was like, 
like fly. I'm trying to tell you something. And all of a sudden, the eyes of my heart opened up and I realized that God was using his word to make it come alive to me. And I started focusing on four, five, and six. I shut the Bible. What? Didn't you need two more chapters? Yeah. I shut the Bible and I started to meditate on four, five, and six. And God began to tell me that he knew when he was on the cross over 2,000 years ago, that I would come to know him and that it was his great delight to adopt me as his son. The word of God came alive. It came active into my life and into my heart, and I will never forget that night. Church, when you read your Bible, understand that God wants to speak to you through the word of God. It's called the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word So pay very close attention when you're reading your Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, good practice to do. Get into your Bible. Read it. And when you find your your mind hanging out on a verse, shut the book and meditate on that. Because God's trying to tell you something. Okay, how about this one? Um, When my kids were born. Okay, here, um, my son. He was born... um, 1996, December 1st, 1996, uh, I came, he's actually 15 years old now and has his permit. It's scaring me to death. Um, but I'll, <laughs> I'll never forget, within the first few days, I'm holding this baby boy, um, and I'm just, I'm not praying, I'm not reading my Bible, I'm holding my new son. And as I'm holding him, I'm looking at him, and there's something in my heart that that is just going out to him. And I find myself looking at him going, I can't believe how much I love this little boy. And as I'm just consumed with that thought, God speaks to me. Remember, not an audible voice, but I have this thought that comes to mind. This is what God tells me. And you love him and you're a sinner. How much more does your heavenly father love you? And tears came to my eyes as I began to realize the love and the compassion and the heart that God has for me. Church, do you realize that God holds you and says, I'm so proud to call you son. I'm so proud to call you daughter. Just so you know, I'm his favorite though. (laughs) But the cool thing is every single one of us is his favorite. Okay, how about this one? Um, we're going through a season in our life where uh, my daughter is, is pouting. And, and we can't figure out why she's pouting. She's probably seven or eight. And um, any, any little thing that wouldn't go her way, and she'd just shut down and start pouting. And she'd just like go and hide in her room for, for uh, half an hour or an hour or whatever. And uh, we could not figure it out. And so one night we're driving home, and we said something to her that didn't go her way, and so she started pouting. She didn't say another word to us all the way home. Pull in the garage. She gets out of the car. She goes into the laundry room. I'm like, okay, I'm tired of this. So I go into the laundry room with her, and I said, we are going to work this out. What is going on? She doesn't say a word to me. I sit down on the floor. I'm not letting her out of the room. Now, I don't know what it is about human nature that we don't go to God right away. So I sat in that room for 15 minutes before I went, hey, I know somebody that can help me. God. 
Thank God it only took 15 minutes. I may still be in that, in that laundry room. <laughs> so I, I lifted up a word of prayer in a situational thing, and I said, God, I need help. Can you please reveal to me what is going on with Alyssa? What is happening with my daughter? And the first thought that came across my mind was God speaking to me. He says, tell her that you will last longer than her. My second thought was, that is ridiculous. Okay, but then I remember, okay, I tell people, listen to that first thought. So I look over at my daughter, and I look at her in the eye, and I said, Lissa, I want you to know, I will last longer than you will. Two, three more minutes go by, and finally she gets up, and she comes over into my face, and she looks me right in the eyeballs, and she goes, I will last longer than you. <laughs> oh, yeah, funny now. But be in that laundry room. God spoke to me that second. And again, not audible, just the next thought. It's pride, and she needs to repent of that pride, and she needs to ask me to help her walk in humility. I looked at her, and I said, Alyssa Marie, you have pride in your life, and you need to ask God for forgiveness of that pride, and you need to ask him to help you be humble and come into your life and get rid of that pride. About 30 seconds goes by. She comes and sits on my lap, and she completely breaks down. Tears. I mean, she lost it. She lost it. And after about 20 minutes, and finally I got her to actually pray that prayer, and we have never had that problem since. It's hearing from God, church. God wants to speak to you at all times. Okay, how about this one? Working in South Carolina for Pastor Terry, actually. He's the senior pastor. I'm the youth pastor. And I've been there for three years. I go on a mission trip. I come back from the mission trip. My wife is pregnant with Alyssa, so she's actually in Estes Park. She couldn't go on the trip. She's hanging out. And so I'm at home alone, and I'm just reflecting back on the trip. I'm not really praying, per se, but I'm just so grateful that it went well. And I, I remember laying in my bed and just telling God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for a successful trip. Thank you so much that um, it just went so well and that everybody was healthy and that we got all back safely. And I'm drifting asleep. And uh, you ever have that time where you're drifting asleep and a softball hits your face and you're, <clears throat> you know, like that? Uh, well, I'm drifting asleep and all of a sudden I'm woke up like that with the voice of God. Again, it was just this thought, but I, it woke me up out of that drifting way. And it said, I am taking you from Southwind Fellowship which was the church that I was working for, we're working at with Pastor Terry. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? He said, just submit to Pastor Terry and I will let you know. So I'm like, okay. And so that's exactly what I did. I served him and we, we actually grew in our relationship more than we had ever grown in the, in the previous three years. And I was just serving him and serving him. Three months later, Pastor Terry comes back from a, a vacation uh, it was a, like a two or three week trip that he took. He drove from South Carolina, Carolina all the way to Washington and all the way back. And so um, he, he sits me down in a bagel shop and I'll never forget this morning. Um, he goes, uh, look, I don't know how to tell you this, Dan, um, but I was praying for the vision uh, for the church for next year. And he looks at me and he goes, and you're not in it. <laughs> Now, how many of you know that could be offensive? <laughs> but God spoke to me 
three months prior. And I looked at him and I go, I know. And you should have seen the relief on his face. You do? And I was like, God told me. And so we actually worked out a, a, you know, a departure plan. And it just, but it was God. It was so, so God in how that worked out. And let me give you, uh, let me give you one more and then I'll close. Getting stuff out of that? God speaks so many different ways. Again, night in Ephesians, I'm reading my word. Um, when my kids were born, a situational thing. Driving down 470, you see the sunset, and God can speak to you right there. Um, the last one is this. Uh, uh, Andrew, many of you know that about four years ago, actually in March, four years ago in March, my son got really sick to the point where it was touch and go. The doctors literally were saying, we, we're not sure um, what's going to happen here. They had an intubation tray right by, the, right by his head, ready to, to intubate him um, if his heart stopped, if his breathing stopped. I mean, it was very, very touch and go. And in the middle of all of that chaos, um, I'm talking to my mother-in-law, Kim's mom, and she goes, hey, Amy, which is my sister-in-law, Amy reminded me and wanted me to tell you that um, you that God gave you a word about this back in December. Now, just so you know, my kids' birthdays are both in December. And so what we do is we do a family blessing every year. We pray to God, God, give us a blessing for our kids for this next year. And so then uh, in midst of all the family, we lay our hands on them and we bless them with what we believe that God has told us to bless them with. Here was my blessing for that year. Andrew, God has told me that he is going to take you through some incredibly tough times this year. There's a saying that says this, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And you are going to be stronger as you go through these things. This was three months before this situation in the hospital. Now, I was thinking it was going to be like tougher homework uh, harder football practices. I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure if I would have known I would have given that word, but <laughs> I was listening to God. And so my mother-in-law says, do you remember the word that you gave your son? And from that moment on, I knew he was going to be okay because God spoke to me three months prior about this situation. And God used a person to speak directly to me. See church, there are so many different ways to hear from God. So many different ways. I put a Facebook uh, survey out there. I said, how do you hear from God? And listen to some of the responses that came back. Reading my Bible, listening to messages, reading a book, relationships, testimonies, daily interactions in life, when being stretched, operating in my gifting, preparing messages, journaling, my spouse. Amen. Um, Dreams. I hear God through visions. I hear God in worship. I hear God listening to music. I hear God while I'm walking. I hear God while I'm running. See, church, we limit sometimes what we think hearing from God looks like. You have to get into your quiet room or your closet, and, and you have to spend five minutes. And in that five minutes, you will hear from God. I, no, God is trying to speak to you at all times during every second of the day. And I want you to examine your fruit and ask yourself, am I hearing from God? What I'm doing in life, is it because I'm hearing from God? Or is it because I think it's a good idea? If you're doing it because you think it's a good idea, it's going to burn. Stop. 
Team up with God. Connect with him. Hear his voice. If you find yourself saying, well, I just don't hear from God, stop saying that. If you are saying you don't hear from God, guess what you're going to get? Nothing. Start understanding that God wants to communicate to you. The Bible is full of descriptions where God speaks to his people. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up, and I'll finish with this. You must position yourself to hear. You must position yourself to hear God. How do you do this? Be humble. Be humble. Do you guys remember the message I did on pride and the fact that I had two magnets and when, when you come to God in pride, it actually repels you away from him like a magnet that repels. All you got to do is turn your pride to humility and realize that you don't know it all. But maybe that's for somebody right here. You don't know it all. Humble yourself and go before the Lord. He's the infinite God. You're finite. You'll never get it all. So just concede to that. Humble yourself and come to him because when you do, you can hear from God. When you're walking in pride, it is impossible to hear from God. It is impossible. Well, Pastor Dan, that's pretty strong. Yeah, it's impossible. That's what the word says. You're actually opposed to God when you walk to him in pride. Humble yourself. Understand that you need God. You need Jesus. Come to understand that. Have the right attitude. The attitude is this. I'm not working for God. I am working with you, Lord. And then I put, finally, in your, in your notes there, be present. Be present to his presence. Church, he is with us right now. We don't have to go looking for God. The word of God says he is with us everywhere we go. Do you wake up in the morning going, thank you for being here today, Jesus. Good morning, how are you? I'm so excited about what we're gonna do today because that's the mentality you should have. Again, it doesn't have to be this holier than now quiet time. Now, quiet times are important. Reading the word is important, but I want you to realize that God's presence is with you everywhere you go. Be present to the presence. Look for the ways that God's going to communicate to you. It's going to be different for every person. You know what? I, I was really concerned about um, leaving you with this formula because you can't formulize God. You can't do that. It's not about a formula. It's about you becoming present to his presence and connecting to him and realizing that he's going to talk to you in, uh, in several different ways. Will you tune in? Well, Pastor Dan, should I ask him if I should brush my teeth? Sure. Why not? He may go, I don't care if you brush your teeth now or now. Just do it sometime. <laughs> Pay attention to your next thought. <laughs> but it, at one point, he may go, no, this is what I need you to do. And are you aware so that you can respond to that? How many times do we let our schedules get in way? God, I can't do this because my schedule won't permit it. Ah! How about this? How about we bow our schedule to what he wants to do? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you are here with us right now.
God, we just take a moment in time right now to remind ourselves that you are here. We don't have to go searching for you. You're right here. God, we don't have to stir anything up. We don't have to do a certain dance or, or say the, the right words. God, you are with us right now, right here. God, you are speaking to your people right now, even as I'm praying. You are giving them thoughts that are led by your spirit. God, may we be so attentive to what you are speaking to us right now. God, we come to you and we ask you to speak to your people. Speak to every one of us. God, it is so incredible that you can speak to, again, all of us at the same time. So Lord, do that by your Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts. Remind us of Remind us of the times that we know that we know that we heard from you. God, I pray that for some people, this would be a time, this morning, right now, would be a time that they would look back in history and go, I know that I know that I heard from God at that message. Not because of what I've said, but simply, Lord, because of your Holy Spirit and the fact you are speaking to every single one of us. God, help us be aware of that. If you are here this morning, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Dan, you know what? I, I want this in my life, but I've never actually came into a walking, talking relationship with God. Remember, church, you could go to church for many years and actually not enter into that. This isn't just for a visitor or, a, or somebody that's only been a few times. This is for every single person in here. I want you to examine your heart. When you stand before the Lord, can you honestly say that I entered into a walking, talking relationship? And if you can't say yes to that question, I want you to wrestle right now with God and, and invite him into your heart. And if you say, Pastor Dan, that is exactly, that is exactly what I need. I need to come to an understanding. And when I say wrestle with God, I mean wrestle your heart. Because it's a, it's a denial of yourself in, in order to come to him and say, Jesus, I need you. It's, it's, it's a wrestling with the pride that you would have that would say, I can do this on my own. It's a wrestling saying, Jesus, I need you to come into my heart. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Dan, that is me. I need to ask Jesus into my heart this morning with every head bowed and eye closed. Lift up your hand so I can pray for you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Oh, it's all over the room. Keep your hands up. Yes, 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 yes. If you are thinking to yourself right now, I should raise my hand. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to you. Raise your hand. Ask Jesus into your heart. Yes, all over the room. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these individuals that are lifting their hearts and their minds and their souls up to you, God. God, we rejoice with the angels in heaven and the fact that these individuals are coming to you and they are inviting your son, Jesus, into their hearts and into their lives. God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and that you would radically, radically change these individuals' lives. From this day forward, may they not go around wondering whether they're doing a good thing or not. God, I pray from this day forward, they would listen to this same voice that they just responded to and that they would be led and they would be guided by that voice. God, we thank you for these things. We thank you for these decisions that were just made and we give you all glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You want church? We need to rejoice. There was 20, at least 20 people that just gave their hearts to the Lord. That is awesome.
That is just awesome. That is awesome. Now, for those that rose their hand, listen, it's not about being good. The trap is that you'll start thinking, well, I got to go be good now. No, it's about hearing God. Just keep listening to that voice that you just responded to, and he will guide you, and he will lead you. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to go into worship. We've got the crosses in which if God spoke something to you and you want to lay it at the foot of the cross, you can go and write it on a piece of paper and pin it to the cross. We've got pastors up here that are serving communion with wine and bread. Take the bread and dip it in with juice and bread at the side crosses. We have a prayer team in the back if you need prayer. We have candles on the sides here if you want to come light one and say, God, be the light in this area. But whatever it is, let's just respond to God. Let's worship. One of the great ways to actually hear from God is focusing our eyes and our minds in worship to him. So please stand with us, Pastor Tom. Thank you. Just want to say too, for those of you who just kind of responded there, raised your hand.